0: All right, guys, I'm going to start this one off by just being super real with you. I am so fucking tired. I don't mean physically, like just mentally. I am so done. I'm so burnt out right now. And I'm not saying this as like a, you know, I mean, listen, if you guys want to check on me, I love you. I know everybody's probably like, oh my God, are you okay? Like, no, I'm fine. I'm just, I am a student. I'm a graduate student and it is April and I'm dying a little bit inside. Um, If you have friends that are students, please check on them. We're not doing well. Not that anybody else is doing, like, super, super well. You never know. Everyone's in a different situation. But especially if you're, like, in this home stretch of right before finals, but you still have exams, but you probably don't even remember what you've learned the whole semester, you're not doing very well. And that's where I'm at right now. I'm in a postgrad study, and, you know, I... I already have my bachelor's, but I'm making up some classes and I'm trying to get my GPA up. And it's not going badly, but it's not going exactly how I wanted it to. Um, And that's just what happens sometimes. And I'm busting my ass and I'm studying as hard as I can. I'm sitting here after studying all day and I'm studying all day again tomorrow. And I've basically not had a real weekend in a couple weeks. And I probably won't until the end of the semester. And this is just what life is right now. So I actually reached out to you guys and I said, all right, give me some fucking ideas because my brain creatively is shot. Like I had no idea what to do for this episode. I texted so many people. I kept asking Justin and he's in the same position as I am. He's also in college and he's just, you know, we're, we're all just kind of brain dead. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I have no idea what to talk about. And you guys came through as you always do. But one of the first questions I got was from one of, one of my best friends who's also in grad school. And she was asking about, you know, asking for me to talk about burnout and student life and balancing, you know, your life in college and being a student, but also being a working adult and, you know, hobbies to combat stress. And I was like, well, this is fucking perfect because this is literally what I'm dealing with right now. And that was one of the first questions I received. So this episode's going to be going into all the questions I got this past week. Um, If there are any I forget, please DM me because I... Like I said, my brain is like mashed potatoes and I just, I might have missed some, but I tried to kind of jot them all down. And so I'm going to try and go through all of them. But the first question was about burnout and student life. So I am not an expert at, at, you know, managing burnout because honestly, I do this to myself all the time. I don't really know how to exist any other way. I do it and do it and do it and do it and do it. And I do everything. All the time. So much so. And I never stop moving. And then all of a sudden, sometimes it just hits me like a truck and I'm like, oh my god, I need to like, sleep for two weeks. Um, I will say that I've been trying to really, you know, I'm already all scheduled and color coded, but I've been trying to really keep up with my schedule daily. It sounds kind of crazy, and this might make some people more stressed out. Like Justin, I've mentioned before, it literally makes him more stressed out to look at my calendar, and he's like, why do you have these times blocked off? Like, I'll block off time to, like, go to the grocery store, or I'll block off time to, like, take a shower. And he's like, what the fuck, dude? Those are normal things. And I'm like, listen, I just, I need to do this. So that's one thing at least that's helped me is really just trying to set aside time. Like, at one o'clock, I am going to take a lunch break. I am going to sit on my ass and watch TV and do nothing. or you know, at 10 o'clock, my brain's not going to be working anyway. And I'm going to sit down and watch some TV. Like I just have been trying to really give myself a break. And even if I have to schedule those breaks, that's where I'm at right now. So I think that's the best advice I can give is just give yourself a break, find a way to take a break. Or, you know, if, if you're just so tired, like take a nap. I took a nap the other day. Oh my God, it was so amazing find time to do what you actually enjoy, you know, even if that's just taking a walk or hanging out with a dog or just watching some garbage TV that that you don't care about for like an hour. Um, and of course, you know, trying to make time to spend with family and friends like I'm sorry, guys, I haven't seen anybody in so long. I'm like, a, I've dropped off the face of the earth and all my friends know that I'm like this, but I still feel really bad about it. There was this meme that one of my friends and I were sending back and forth and it was like, oh, adult friendship is like, you know, oh, I'll see you in six weeks on a Tuesday. Like literally though, I, I don't, I can't, I can't do things right now. And I just want to talk about too, like one of the best things you can do, you just have to rest. I mean, I have an exam on Monday and I am freaking out about it because I'm doing really shitty in this class and it's just, it's so fucking hard. And I'm planning on scheduling a facial because my skin is trash. Like, if you see me right now, I'm literally sitting here in, like, sweatpants that are, like, nine years old. And I have Mario Badescu, like, acne treatment all over my face because I'm so stressed out that my face looks like a fucking mountain range. And it's just, like, I'm not doing – I'm just, like, all over the place. So, like, I'm going to take this test and then I'm going to go get a fucking facial because my skin is garbage and it's making me feel worse. So, you know, I'm probably, like – At my heaviest I've ever been, which isn't even heavy, but for me, for somebody who's struggled with body dysmorphia and an eating disorder, like, this is all things that happen when you're so busy and when you're stressed out. And you've all heard about, like, the freshman 15, but, like, I think that's, like, for anybody, graduate school, professional school, whatever, like, you don't have time to take care of yourself. You really don't. And everybody's always like, oh, you know, take a break, but... I understand more than anybody if you are having trouble finding that break to take care of yourself. I get it because I'm not good at it. I totally get it. Like, it is actually hard. Everybody's always like, yay, self-care. But, like, yes, that that's great. But sometimes there are just not enough hours in a day and then people look at you like you're insane. But I get it. I really do. Like, <laughs> I do think that we all do need to step back and take a break and try to take care of ourselves. And I'm going to try to practice what I preach even though I know I'm not good at it but it's hard. It is hard to find time to take care of yourself. It's hard to find time to cook a healthy meal or go to the gym or take a walk or see a friend or do things like that when you feel like your schedule is just so crowded and packed with things that you absolutely have to do even though you don't enjoy them. And for most of us, that's like school and work. Like We just have to do it it's not always this bad, but there are some weeks where, and especially, you know, towards like the end of the year, the end of the semester, whatever, where it's really crunch time and we all just kind of disappear off the face of the earth for a little bit. So I don't really have the best advice for this. I'm still trying to figure it out myself. Um, Definitely like just doing things that you enjoy though. Like I, if I go and take a break to go get my nails done, I'll feel better about myself. Or like I said, I'm booking a facial for after this test. So Hopefully I can fix my garbage skin that's a result of this semester. Um, you know, just I, I think that's the best thing you could possibly do is maybe just try and block out some time to do whatever you want to do. If you want to relax and do absolutely nothing, do it. If you want to go to the gym and work on yourself and try and like eat healthier, or if you want to go see a friend or whatever you want to do, just try and block out some time for that. And I'm going to work on it too. So we're going to try and hold each other accountable for this shit, okay? Because it's going to be hard. Um, but so that's why I wanted to start off answering that question, because that is literally why I asked you guys for topic suggestions, because I was just so I was just so done. Um, so I love you all. And I really appreciate it because you guys gave me amazing feedback as as usual. Um, but I just wanted to really like stress that I am tired. I am fucking tired. And it's OK, because I think a lot of people are tired right now, too. Um, like I said, I'm literally sitting here. And rambling more than usual because I am overtired. Like when I get overtired, I start just talking more than usual, guys. And I already don't shut the fuck up, so it's like it's just it's 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 getting bad. Okay, so I had mentioned that I was probably at my heavy. I might not even be at my heaviest, but I just feel very squishy and pudgy and like. I just know that I haven't had a chance to really take care of myself. I know I probably look the same in my outfits. Like, I, I, you know, you guys probably are looking at me like, what the fuck? You don't look any different. Justin looks at me. He's like, you don't look any different than you did two weeks ago. I totally get it. But um, I thought that that's like a good kind of segue because people also asked me to talk about, you know, different foods and specific diets um, and also just, you know, like, the balance of loving yourself while while trying to be healthy and and find foods that work for you. So as far as specific diets, um, anybody who knows me knows that dairy and I are not friends and I am not one of those people who can just eat cheese and suffer the consequence. No, the consequence is me being in the bathroom for like four days. Like it's bad. It's an allergy. I'm not even lactose intolerant. Like it's a literal allergy. So I wish I was one of those people who could just eat cheese and suck it up and, you know, just like, you know get like gassy or like crampy but that is not me like I will be in the bathroom for a couple days so you know I just I can't do it so anyway I am very well versed in finding good vegan dairy brands because I've been eating this shit since I was nine nine years old 14 years and it's come a long way since then it used to really taste like plastic and the only non-dairy milk was like soy milk or rice milk, which both were kind of not that great. Oat milk is my favorite thing on the planet. I don't care what anyone says. It is the superior non-dairy milk. Also, for the people that really like almond milk, that's totally fine. But I will point out that the um, production of almond milk has a far bigger environmental toll than the production of other non-dairy milks. So just something to think about. Also, almond milk is ridiculously expensive. I drank it forever. I went from drinking a lot of soy milk to drinking a lot of almond milk to now only drinking oat milk. So like I said, the substitutes have gotten a lot better. Um, If you're looking for a really good Parmesan substitute, there's this brand that they carry at Whole Foods and other specialty grocery stores called Violife. And they also make um, different, they make like a fresh mozzarella, like they make basically every type of cheese and anybody who's ever had vegan food knows that cheese is the hardest thing to substitute. Butter, easy, earth balance, or there's these um avocado oil butter sticks that I use. Like there's it, it, margarine. Like my great grandma was kosher. We've been using margarine forever. Like that's so fucking easy. Yogurt, um like the coconut milk yogurt from So Delicious is awesome. Milk, oat milk, almond milk, rice milk, but cheese is so fucking difficult to fake. So the Violife Parmesan comes in like a wedge and you can grate it over your pasta. It's fantastic. They also have like a Caesar salad, type, uh, Caesar salad style of like thicker shreds to put on stuff like those like really nice looking fancy bougie like kind of like shards of Parmesan cheese that they put on at like really fancy restaurants. They have that. Um Trader Joe's actually has a really good vegan feta that I tried recently with that TikTok viral baked feta pasta, which was unreal delicious. I mean, it was so fucking good. Um, and I used the Trader Joe's vegan feta for that. For shredded cheese, I usually will either use like the Violife cheddar, and they also have, um, you know, American slices for grilled cheese or cheddar slices. And I'll also use the, um, I think it's the cashew mozzarella from Trader Joe's. So that's like the best, you know, kind of like cheese substitute. I'm still trying a bunch of different things. I'm always trying new things. but and my favorite cream cheese, non-dairy cream cheese, is still the tofuti cream cheese. And again, I've been eating that forever because, you know, part of my family's kosher. So we just like already knew about tofuti brand because that's been around forever. Just for people who were kosher and didn't want to mix meat and milk. There's always been like, you know, soy substitutes. So that's still my favorite. I know a lot of people don't like it anymore cuz there's a lot that have come out, but honestly, I've never tried a cream cheese that I liked as much as that. Um the Trader Joe's brown sugar oat milk creamer is my favorite thing on the planet. I literally will go and buy 6 cases of it. It's amazing. I will buy I will be that person who runs them <laughs> out of stock. It is the best thing ever in you know cold brew or whatever. like That is my staple drink right now, just to put like a, tea- a tablespoon in my cold brew. Oh, God. It's amazing. Um, ben & Jerry's, vegan ice cream, and Van Leeuwen. So when I lived in Manhattan, I used to go to Van Leeuwen all the time. There's a bunch of locations all over Manhattan, and they have the best vegan ice cream I've ever had in my life, aside from whipped dessert lab, which is, I think, exclusive to New York City. So The good thing about Van Leeuwen is that they sell their ice cream in pints, just like any other company, to Whole Foods or even like King Cullen Target. Like, I see it everywhere. So it's a little more accessible. Like, Whipped Dessert Lab, if you live in New York, go there. Oh, my God. It's amazing. But if you don't live there and you're looking for some sort of non-dairy, you know, ice cream, I either suggest Ben & Jerry's vegan ice cream or the Van Leeuwen vegan ice cream. And Van Leeuwen, what I love about them is they have all these crazy flavors, like their honeycomb ice cream, amazing. In the summer, they had this like passion fruit, yuzu sponge cake vegan flavor. Oh my God, I wanted like 19 scoops of it. It was so, so fucking good. Van Leeuwen also has, um, if you go to the store itself, they have vegan chocolate chip cookies and you can get like a chip witch, like with vegan ice cream between two chocolate chip cookies, which is like amazing. And for people with food restrictions... It's so nice to find options. And I will say, again, as somebody who's had food allergies forever, it's becoming a lot easier to eat in the world with allergies, which is just fantastic. I don't even have it that difficult. You know, usually I can find something to eat almost anywhere. If anything, if I can't find something to eat, that's just because I'm picky and annoying. Like, it's pretty easy. I feel really bad for people who have issues with gluten or celiac. That's a lot trickier. I worked at a gluten-free bakery um, when I was younger, and she really had this knack for making gluten-free things not taste gluten-free at all. I can do that with dairy. I can make dairy-free things that do not taste like they're dairy-free. Like my cheesecake is my normal New York-style cheesecake recipe, but I replace it with, um, you know, like vegan sour – I replace it with Tofutti sour cream and Tofutti cream cheese. And my dairy-loving carnivore boyfriend and my cousin, same exact type of way. These are guys who would eat steak on a cheeseburger. Like, neither of them had any idea. If you've ever eaten a baked good from me, it probably didn't have dairy in it. That's just how, like, I've learned how to do things. So, again, it's pretty easy, at least for me, to cook without dairy. And I, I do cook with dairy, too. Trust me. You know, Justin hates vegan cheese. I will make, like, baked mac and cheese for family barbecues or whatever. Like, I'm not just going to make everybody suffer through vegan cheese. I promise. But I am going to make a separate tray for myself and anybody else who, like, you know, whose stomachs are weak and horrible. Truthfully, though, we're not supposed to have cow's milk. I I don't know if you guys have heard that, like, rant already, but kind of makes sense. It's milk from another animal. Like, calves are supposed to have cow's milk. Goats are supposed to have goat milk. Humans are technically supposed to have human breast milk, which, you know, obviously if you're an adult, that's so weird, but it's, it's just like, to think about it, it does make sense why so many people are lactose intolerant. Um, so as far as gluten-free, I don't have as many suggestions. Um, I will say that the Vans gluten-free waffles and pancakes in the frozen section are very good. Um... I found that almond flour is a good gluten-free substitute, but it can be a little heavier. So if you're baking, you just need to take that into account. That almond meal is a little coarser and heavier than, you know, regular flour. The gluten-free flour I use in all of my baking is the Bob's Red Mill one-to-one all-purpose. It bakes just like regular flour. And I'm talking about baking because baking is always harder to substitute. Like cooking, cooking is easy. There's not really so much chemistry. It's a lot more creative. You know, if you guys have ever cooked or baked, you you know the difference. Baking is a lot more difficult because there's a lot of chemistry involved. Everything is in specific proportion. So um, if you're trying to bake for somebody who's gluten-free, I definitely would suggest using the Bob's Red Mill one-to-one gluten-free baking flour and do some research. I mean, there are plenty of good things. Like I said, it's actually nice now because I just see so many substitutes everywhere. Like every restaurant I go to has gluten-free pasta or gluten-free bread. It's awesome you never used to see that ever. The world is definitely becoming more accessible for people who want to eat at restaurants who might have some sort of allergy. Like a lot of restaurants have ingredients lists or allergen warnings now, which they never used to have before. So I think that that's great. Um, if you guys have any really good, like gluten-free brands or anything, send them to me. I will post them on my story for anybody listening. Um, but you know, Pinterest has been my best resource also, but I will say what I've learned from gluten free and dairy free baking and cooking look up a regular recipe and just substitute it with whatever products you've found that you like. Like I said, my cheesecake recipe is not a dairy free cheesecake recipe, it's a regular cheesecake recipe. My chocolate chip cookies are regular chocolate chip cookies. I just substitute dairy free butter or dairy free cream cheese or dairy or oat milk or whatever, dairy free yogurt, like whatever needs to go in there, I just put it in there. And it always works. So again, like that's why the Bob's Red Mill gluten-free flour is good because it's one-to-one, like a one-to-one ratio. You don't have to do any crazy gluten-free. You know, back in the day with gluten-free, I got my first gluten and dairy-free bakery book because there was this bakery in the city that was delicious. And my dad bought me the the book when we went there. But you had to use all these different ingredients just to replicate the the glutinous um characteristics of regular flour like you had to use like four extra leavening agents and and like whatever else like you always had to use so many things so I definitely recommend the one-to-one flour if you're trying to do something like that or again just almond flour coconut flour test out some shit I've had to do a bunch of experiments um so moving on from that one of my best friends, you know, was asking me to talk about just people's relationship to food and, you know, how how to love yourself when you struggle with food. And I think that that's really important too because everyone's body is different. We all have different nutrient requirements. Like, yes, of course, we all have our basic, you know, you need protein, you need vegetables, you need certain vitamins, you need a certain amount of carbohydrates. You do need carbohydrates. I am not a fan of keto. I am not a fan of the keto diet, okay? It always works because it sends your body into crisis for like two weeks and then you stop. Like everyone I've known who's done keto always hits like this plateau. Like they lose like 30 pounds, but then they hit this like plateau and you can't keep losing anymore because your body adjusts to being in like ketosis all the time. And that is not where your body is supposed to be. So if you want to do something kind of low carb, I would much more suggest paleo. It's not no carb like keto, but it doesn't send your body into shock the same way. And again, if you put yourself in some sort of caloric deficit, you will lose weight if that is your goal. If you were eating 3,000 calories a day and you bring it down to 2,500, you will lose weight. It might take a little bit longer, but personally, sending your body into crisis and shock is never a good idea. Like when I had a photo shoot or a pageant or something coming up, I used to just not eat. I mean, I was anorexic. I already had issues eating, but I would be um, vegetarian for just those like three days leading up to the photo shoot or the pageant or the event. And I would be so tired and I'd be so like, I would not be nourished, but I'd feel skinny. I wouldn't feel bloated. Because I wouldn't have enough food in me. I'd have enough food in me to not have a headache, not pass out. But I wouldn't have enough food in me to ever feel bloated or full. It's just so unhealthy. Like, we all have different requirements. All of our bodies need different things. Like, I listen, I can't have dairy. But there are some people who get their main source of protein and calcium and different vitamins from dairy. If your body needs dairy, give it dairy. If your body needs more protein, give it more protein. And if it needs more carbs, please, dear God, give it carbs. I wish my body needed more carbs. That is my favorite food group by far. Everybody who knows me knows that. Like I literally, they we we were out to dinner last night and the guy offered to bring more bread. And it was like this warm bread, like right out of the oven with olive oil. It was this fancy Mediterranean place. It was awesome. And you know, the waiter happened to be like a friend of my parents, and he was like, Do you want more bread? And everybody at the table was like, No, not really. And I was like, Yes. And everybody looked at me and I was like, What? I want more bread. Like, I will just eat the basket of bread. Just give me a basket of bread and I will be fine. You have no idea, again, with the food restrictions, how many events, especially at catering halls, I've had to do that for in the course of my life, especially when I was younger. Like, if there was nothing for me to eat, I would just eat the bread. I love bread. Was I hungry? Of course. But, like, you know, I'll still eat it. I love it. So, I think it's important to remember that food is not the enemy. I personally don't really like eating something really greasy and heavy. Like my parents are in town and they love going to restaurants. Um, And whenever I'm with my parents, either if they're in town or we're visiting them or whatever, any of my family. My family is, you know, Russian and Filipino. Like I just gain like five pounds. I can't help it. It is what it is. I'll go back to eating normally when I'm by myself again. But, you know, it's just like I feel kind of gross just eating a lot or eating a lot of restaurant food. But food still isn't the enemy, and I think it's important to remember that. Like, you need food to live. You need to eat. So, you know, I know so many people, especially girls, who would rather not eat anything or eat, like, four pieces of lettuce with a crouton than actually eat a meal that's nourishing. And it's never going to work for you. You're never gonna, like, you're never gonna achieve your goals that way either. It's this toxic mindset of, like, if I starve myself just enough, maybe I'll look a certain way. Like, no, that's not how it works. It's not. Like, it's not. I was anorexic. I was 90 pounds, and I still didn't feel great about my body. I was just skinny. Skinny doesn't mean healthy. I needed to eat more, even though I didn't think I did. And also, like, your body, you know... Holds on to fat when you're stressed. Like, that's part of why I think I'm gaining weight right now. My diet is no different than it ever has been. I'm very healthy. I don't eat fast food ever, but I'm pretty stressed out. And when you are stressed out, your body literally thinks that it is like in crisis mode and holds on to fat as an energy reserve. Like, this is a physiological scientific concept. If you're struggling to lose weight and you have no idea why you're eating super healthy and you're in the gym, it might have a mental component. So, you know, my my basic point here is just, like, take care of yourself. Eat. Eat what you want to. Eat because you need to eat. Eat because you need to stay alive. And also just eat because it makes you happy. Like, I just don't fucking care anymore. Yeah, I might be getting a little squishy. I don't care. I don't care. I have a dessert stash in my freezer of shit that I like when I'm, like, really stressed out or PMSing. I have, like, rainbow cookies from my favorite bakery and, like, chocolate chip cookies and, like, a stash of, like, ice cream. I just keep shit in the freezer for when I need it. I also have wine in the fridge. But, you know, like, I just, I keep shit there. Because, you know what, if I want the rainbow cookie, if I'm having a really bad night and I want to go defrost that rainbow cookie, I'm gonna go fucking do it. So, do what, do what makes you happy. Like, just do, you know, eat because you need to eat, and also find what you like to eat, and maybe that doesn't make you feel guilty, and then you know what? If you want to indulge, you won't feel so guilty. Like, if I've eaten all, if I've eaten really healthy all week, I don't really feel bad about eating that fucking cookie at all. But even if I wasn't, I still deserve the cookie. It's just a fucking cookie. Literally just a cookie. I'll probably (laughs) burn the calories from that cookie off, tossing and turning in my sleep, because I never fucking sleep. That's how I'm going to burn the calories from that one cookie, okay? just tossing and turning in my sleep because I have insomnia and also because I literally just like am always awake and like vibrating. (laughs) I'm going to burn the calories off anyway. All right. So the next question, two questions are related. One of them is asking about college breakups and one of them is asking about best friend breakups. So thankfully I don't have really any experience of my own from college breakups, I've been dating the same person through high school, well, through the last bit of high school in college and, you know, past college. I got really lucky with that. But I do have experience just from watching my friends go through college breakups. And I think it definitely hits you differently than another breakup, especially if you're in college breaking up with someone that you were with in high school. I think part of you, you know, leaves that part of high school behind and you're like, wow, I'm finally an adult. Like, you know, you're moving past your young teenage relationship for one. And also you're really trying to find yourself and find who you are without that person and without that relationship. Like college is all about finding who you are and you might not find it while you're there, but like, that's like the point. That's what everybody says. You know, you're not in high school anymore. You're, you're still a fucking kid. Like, you know, you think you're not, but you are. But, you know, it's all about being independent for the first time, and I think if you, you know, break up with someone, especially if you go through a breakup with someone that you were with in high school, you're moving even further out of your comfort zone that you used to know. So I have seen that with other people, and it's been really difficult for them, but it's also been really freeing. And I've seen them kind of like, yeah, they they were really upset, and it was really hard, just like any other breakup, but I think they – I think it gave them the opportunity to express themselves and and open up to themselves and, and figure out who they were even more independently. Um, and then best friend breakups, that's a little complicated. I'm sure in a few of the ex-best friends I've had, I'm sure I'm the villain in the narrative. I don't know if I agree with that, but I can't say that their experience is wrong. Um... My high school best friend and I, we just stopped talking. It was really weird. It just, I still don't have an answer. I have no idea if she even listens to this. I wouldn't know. She moved, um, you know, kind of like across the country. She moved down the coast and she moved really far away and she kind of left everything behind her, including me, which I never really expected to happen. But at the same time, if that's her journey, that's her journey. You know, I was upset about it and I didn't understand. And now I'm just kind of like, you know what, if that's what she had to do, then that's what she had to do. And as far as, you know, one of my other ex best friends, um, our lives just really didn't line up anymore. I don't know if she's listening to this either. I really just wouldn't know, but we had very different goals and, we grew up very differently. You know, she didn't ever really seem like she was happy. She would always confide in me that she was not happy with her current situation. But, you know, obviously to everyone else, she would say, no, no, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. So I kind of felt like I was crazy. Like, I was like, okay, you're just bitching and moaning to me, but you're never changing anything. And then everybody else thinks that you're so happy. So it's like, I do know the truth, but am I the only one who knows the truth? And then what's the point of me even knowing the truth? So I I do hope that she's happy now. I don't know. Like I said, our definitions of, of like a good life, I think, are very different because we grew up very differently. Um, so what we wanted out of life, I think, is also different. And again, I, I just hope that she's happy. But I really just had to let her go because all of her drama was just, uh, it was a lot. It was a lot for me. There was always drama. There was always a problem. It was always something going on. And it was just a lot. Like, it just wasn't, you know, you guys know, anybody who knows me, anybody who's friends with me or close with me knows that I will give you the shirt off my back. Hell, I'll give you the blood out my veins if you need it. But at a certain point, if you keep asking, you know, or, or coming to me to be your shoulder to cry on, and then just never changing anything. And I'm talking years, not talking, not like it it, it doesn't bruise my ego if you don't take my advice. But as I've gotten older, I've realized that I also don't have space emotionally for people who complain and complain and complain and complain and complain and and just don't ever do anything to even try to fix the situation. Like I will be here for you. I am here for you. I'm always here for you and I will do anything I can. But at the same time, I can't just keep constantly being here for the same exact problem. If you have 18 million different problems, okay, fine, whatever. But like, if it's the same thing over and over and you're just not making any effort to better it or to try to even change it or anything, I I can't help you. I really can't. You need a therapist, not me. (laughs) Like, I'm not qualified. I'm sorry. But it was hard. It was really hard. And I still do feel really guilty. And I kept waiting for her to kind of reach out and ask me, like, what the fuck? Why would you just stop coming around? And that's a fair question. If she ever did want to ask me that, that's fair. And it was really hard. It, it It's hard for me to just say, I didn't think I could be a part of your life anymore. And again, like I said, I am sure, at least in this case, I'm 99% sure that I am the villain. <laughs> um. I don't regret it. I didn't hurt her or or intentionally I I didn't you know I, I just tried to really just kind of step away quietly and I did and and I didn't get any backlash from it so I guess it worked but it would be very fair if she thinks I am the bad person and if she thinks that that I abandoned her without any explanation like all of those things would be fair for her to feel it's fair for anybody to feel how they feel. If I was in her position I would probably feel that way too We were very, very, very close You know, she has kids She had a kid when I was 17 and she was 19 And that was like my first baby I miss my niece, I do And I'm okay with stepping away Because especially when you involve a child Like That child needs stability So I'm okay with stepping away, and I'm okay with never being allowed in again. At the end of the day, I'm not her mom. I loved her very dearly. Um, But, you know, I can't be in her life if I'm not meant to be in her mother's life. And I really don't think I'm meant to be in her mother's life anymore, so. I will always love her. I'll always love her mother, too. I will always love my my ex-best friend. (laughs) I do have love in my heart for her. I just... I couldn't be there for her anymore because it was physically draining me, and that was really, really hard. My high school best friend and I, we really, I think, just drifted apart, but this one was really difficult. I knew her in high school too. I've known her actually longer, since I was like 14, and it was difficult. It was really, really difficult, but I don't regret it. Because after breaking away from her and and just from a lot of people, just letting a lot of people fall. Like, I never said, you know, fuck you and fuck everything and I hate you. And I don't hate her. I do love her. I don't have any hate towards her. But letting a lot of people fall away. And those people didn't fight to come back either. I feel a lot more peace in my life. And I will say that. I will say that if you let people fall away and they don't fight, you know, to come back or ask any questions then then you did then it was meant to fall. It was meant to go away. It was meant to to separate a little bit and to, you know, to move apart and when people used to say, "Oh, we just drifted apart." I never used to understand that because that seems like a really sad, you know, inevitability of life for somebody to just tell you when you're younger and you're just like, "How could I ever drift away from anyone?" Like that's a conscious choice. It's not always a conscious choice. Sometimes people really do just grow apart and go in different directions and that's all right. You know, I, I miss what our relationship used to be, but it's not that anymore. And if it's not that, then I don't need it or I don't want it or it doesn't, you know, it's not the same. It's almost like staying in a relationship romantically because you're reminiscing about how things used to be. And not how they are now. And I know so many people who do that. So it's the same with friendships, you know? It sucks and it's hard and you might be the bad guy or they might be the bad guy or there might be no bad guy and it might be completely mutual. But, like I said, it's just like staying in a relationship because you're reminiscing about, you know, the nostalgia of how good things used to be even though they're shitty now. Like, it doesn't benefit anybody. So I get it. I feel you. If you're going through, like, a best friend breakup, I really get it. It's hard because... You kind of always know that a relationship has the potential to end, but you don't, like, or a romantic relationship, but you don't ever think your best friend is going to leave you. Now, you know, I just know that I do have a few, like, the I am talking best, best, best friends here. I'm talking sisters. I know for a fact that I have people who are never going to leave me or who, and I will never leave them. Um, they're definitely listening to this right now. But th- those are... Few and far between we're talking best friends like people who are like yeah, you're my bestie And you really are for like a couple years, but then maybe it just doesn't last like I the people I'm talking about that are never gonna leave my side because when they die i'm jumping in the fucking grave with them Okay, I have like Three or four of them Usually i'm so lucky because usually only get like one but like You know, I have a couple people who I know Are in my corner no matter what and they're stuck with me even if we don't talk for 10 years. They're still stuck with me but You know that's not the case for a lot of people that come into your life and I think it's okay you know to feel sad and to feel guilty and to feel however you feel about it but also at the end of the day to know that you did the right thing and that if the other person hasn't made an effort to salvage it then it wasn't meant to be salvaged anyway and that goes for romantic relationships too. Sorry, I don't even know if I took a breath in that last, like, bit of this. Sometimes I just forget to breathe. Um, Okay, so one of the next questions was about self-awareness and being in tune with your own needs. And again, that kind of goes back to, like, the burnout that I started, the burnout question I started the whole episode with. But that's really important, too, being self-aware and, like, being in tune with your own needs. Like, perfect example for me is when people are like, do you want to go out tonight? I'm like, no, I really don't. I'm sorry. I just – I really don't. (laughs) Like – I know for a fact that I need to just sit here in this house and be comfy and not wear a bra and be, like, you know, in my element and watch some TV and fall asleep on the couch probably with the dog and, like, not spend money on drinks I don't actually like and and not, you know, be in heels or be freezing my ass. Like, I just – I know. I know there are some nights I just – I know. And if you ask me, I mean, I kind of always err on the side of, like, doing something more chill or, like, doing an activity I, you know, I don't really love going out anymore, like going out, out like bar and clubs and stuff. I will still go, but you have to drag me. And I literally will tell them like my, my, one of my friends, you know, Rebecca always drags me out, but she knows she's getting me like one night a month, maybe. So (laughs) we got to time it, you know, decently. Like you just, I need like two days to prepare if we're going out to a bar, like just let me know. But like, I, I need like time to mentally prepare for that um, scene and that like, you know, social capacity of mine. so perfect example just like saying you know being able to say no you know or like hey I need a day to myself or I need some time to myself um more surface level but like I personally don't feel good internally if I don't feel good about myself and the way I look on the outside I'm not talking about weight I'm talking about like stupid shit like my nails are jacked up or my eyebrows are like furry or I look like you know my hair is like brassy and dry and janky like Like I said, like I want to get a facial really badly, like, you know, just my skin is not great right now. And like things like that really make a difference for me too. So again, like that's, I guess that's partly like being self aware and just being like, you know what, I need to do something to make myself feel better. So whatever it is to make yourself feel better, if it's staying in or if it's going out or if it's, you know, getting, you know, doing a little pampering or whatever you need to do, I think that's a really big part of being in tune with your own needs. And then also just voicing those needs without feeling, selfish like we should all be able to communicate what we need and how we feel without feeling selfish and I feel like sometimes I feel like a bad friend like people are like oh you want to go out you want to do this you want to do that and if I say no I feel like a really shitty person because they're inviting me and I don't want them to stop inviting me to stuff but I just really don't want to go I can't go I, I can't do it tonight I can't so I think it's really important that we all like be understanding when other people say hey you know what no I'm really tired I can't I never have an issue with people being like, no, I'm really tired or no, I got work to do or I got to get up early in the morning. Like, I get it. I am that person too. You say you don't want to go out. okay? I don't want to go out either. I'm going to stay in and we'll do our own thing and maybe we'll meet up next week. You know, like I have zero issue. But there are some people who are like, no, no, just come out. Just do this. Like, you know, you always stay home or whatever. Like, you know, people who just kind of like keep pushing the issue. And I think it's really important. Like, no, if somebody says they're too tired, let them be tired. Let them be however they need to be. I think that that's, like, really important, too. So, yes, be in tune with your own needs and acknowledge, like, hey, I need a break. And then also don't be afraid to tell other people, like, go, I need a fucking break, okay? So that's really important. Um, Another thing that somebody asked about was harnessing feminine energy. That? So... I think we all have a different image or a different idea of femininity. And I think we all have our own personal definition, which is great. Um, I don't always feel so in tune with feminine energy, honestly. Like, I know that I'm a girly girl, but most of the time my energy is just kind of like, you know, a chaotic, like, mess. <laughs> um, I know I'm feminine. I, I in you know, in my own definition. Um, I will say that I feel like I'm harnessing feminine energy, usually when, again, and for me, this is, just, this is just me. This is not everybody. But like when I look pretty, when I feel pretty, I feel, you know, very feminine when my eyebrows are done and my nails are done and my hair is fresh and my legs are waxed and everything else is waxed and everything looks the way I want it to. That's when I feel very feminine. No makeup, not anything, just, you know, feeling good in my own skin. That's when I feel like I am harnessing my feminine energy, when I feel good in my own skin. Um, so I-, I guess that's like, you know, I, I can't really – and I-, I can't really tell anybody how to do so, but you know you're a badass bitch. You already know that. It's just finding the ways that that cement that for you and bring it out. What makes you feel like a bad bitch, you know? Like what makes you really feel – confident and feminine and womanly and, like, what makes you feel like you've you've embraced all of that? Um, that's, like, my best advice, I guess, would just be, you know, just find whatever brings that out and you find whatever sparks that. Like I said, for me, it's a really hot outfit and some really nice, you know, some nice brows, some nice hair, good earrings, whatever, you know, good skin, like, or anything like that. I also feel really feminine when I, like, put on a stupid little face mask and have a glass of wine. I have my little stupid bow headband in my hair and, like, just, like, watching some, like, Criminal Minds or something like that. Like, some stupid white girl shit. Like, I feel so, like, girly when I do that and I love it. (laughs) I just have, like, a stupid face mask. Justin, like, comes out into the den my face is literally, like, covered in this blue gunk. And he's like, oh. Actually, he gets upset. He's like, you're doing a face mask without me? I've created a monster, which is fucking hilarious. But... (laughs) You know, it's just really funny. It's like a funny image, and it's like the girliest image I can come up with is just like, you know, me sitting on the couch, dogs next to me, got a glass of wine in my hand. I got a stupid little, like, you know, spa headband on. I got my fuzzy Ugg slippers. I got my, like, matching little cozy, matching little pajama set. Matching pajama sets make me feel more girly than lingerie. Matching pajama sets are amazing. Okay. If you don't have matching pajama sets, like, the five year old's got it right, man. They are so fucking cute. Um, they don't have to have dinosaurs on them, but like, you know, like the cute little like button down looking ones with like the little white trim or like I have a cute little leopard set with like some joggers. Like, I don't know. I just go to TJ Maxx and I buy the softest pajama sets I can find and they're just so nice. Or Target. Target has the best pajamas. So like anything like that, anything that makes you feel like like a bad like a bad bitch, you know, um, just fucking do it. <laughs> like, let's just do it. And again, okay, so we're going to talk about, like, woman stuff. If there's any guys listening, you definitely don't have to listen to this part. But I don't think many guys really listen to this anyway, except for, like, Justin and my dad. So thanks, guys. Love you. Love the representation. But, you know, I'm well aware that my audience is mostly women. Love you, bitches. So one another question I got was to talk about vaginal health. This is so taboo. I wrote a blog post on this when the blog was still very active and, like, This shit is so taboo. Like, I have one. You have one. If you're listening to this, you probably fucking have one. And again, I'm not, you know, trying to like steer the conversation into like what makes a woman a woman. Like, no, 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 no. But I'm talking for, you know, this is relevant for people who are genetically born female who have vaginas. They're complicated little motherfuckers. They really are. They kind of suck. They don't like us. They don't like us. They're expensive to maintain and they don't like us they're fucking chemically ph complicated so i never had i had okay no that's a lie i am very prone to utis um again i've said it i've said it before i will say it till i die i will die on this fucking hill pee after sex pee just fucking pee just get up and do it okay like, like, we had sex at, like, 3 in the morning. I did not want to get up. He basically woke me up, and, like, I just kind of was like, sure, whatever. But then I was like, fuck, I have to get up and pee. Like, oh, my God. Worst thing ever. Worst thing after you have sex. You're like, fuck, I don't want to go pee. I don't want to get up. I'm fucking butt-ass naked. I don't want to walk all the way to the bathroom, sit in the freezing toilet, and pee. Like, that is the last thing I want to do right now. I want to roll over like every man ever and just go to sleep. I want to do that, like, post-sex sleep thing that every fucking guy is able to do and we can't we can't just roll over naked and go to sleep so fuck you guys because you have it too fucking easy as usual okay I'm sorry you can tell that I'm bitter um (laughs) pee after sex please so I had UTIs when I was a kid obviously not from having sex but just because like I would like do that thing where I do the potty dance and hold my pee and like wait too long to pee because there was something interesting on TV or I was a little kid and I just didn't want to like go through the effort of going to the bathroom and I used to get UTIs like all the time um, the AZO Cranberry Pills, they sell them at CVS, Target, everywhere, every pharmacy. Those are amazing. It's like a couple glasses of cranberry juice in each tablet worth, you know, like a couple glasses worth of cranberry. Um, but if not, just go get some regular cranberry juice, not cranberry juice cocktail that is 99% sugar. Get some regular cranberry juice. You know, that is like my ultimate UTI thing. Lots of cranberry juice, lots of water. Um, but something i never experienced ever until i was like 20 no 21 21 i never had a yeast infection ever i had never had a yeast infection we were living with um justin's parents and so my mother is allergic to a lot of strong chemicals and scents and stuff so i grew up with unscented hypoallergenic like detergent you know just like the tide like free and clear whatever nothing like weird but you know just like the like not a lot of chemicals. Um, no fabric softener, nothing like that. So when we were living with Justin's parents, when we were looking for our own place, his stepmom is very heavy on like, you know, like the fabric softener. Same with his mother. Like, I think it's like everybody except for me loves like fabric softener and like like just, you know, and I get it. Like that fresh smelling laundry smells great, but it is not vagina friendly. If you're having any vagina problems, stop using scented detergent, stop using fabric softener. Okay. It is not good for you. If you have no skin issues and your vagina's totally fine, then power to you and keep fucking using it. But like, that was my enemy. I never had a yeast infection until I turned 21. Ever. I also kind of figured out that I needed to switch my soaps. Um, I had been using like Neutrogena body washes or like scented bath and body, like just whatever I could, you know, like mostly like the Neutrogena body washes because I have keratosis on my arms and like, you know, just trying to like scrub it away and like, But I can't use anything medicated either because everything in the shower, anything you use, like, runs off you. So now I just use a castile soap, like, baby body wash and just, like, the most mild thing I can find. Everywhere else on my body is no big deal. But if it's dripping in the shower down down there, you got to be careful with what you're using. And you have to be careful about what you're washing your clothes and sheets with. Scented detergent and fabric softener are not my friend. I can tell you that right now. Um... Something amazing that I discovered, which is sold at Ulta, is the um, Love Wellness pH balancing vaginal cleanser. Don't put it in. I shouldn't have to say that, but I do just wash around. And that's been really good at keeping yeast infections at bay. Also, um, women's health probiotics, like I take, I think it's like the Garden of Eden 50 billion probiotic or whatever. Probiotics are great. Also from Love Wellness, they have a good condition, you know, like vaginal health vitamin that I also take. So there were definitely a couple modifications that I had to make. But once I started doing all of that, I really felt better. And I will say too, I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed to buy these products. I was so embarrassed like I was so self-conscious especially like with sex and everything like I literally sometimes even now like I still get so freaked out I'm like oh my god if something's going on down there like I really did not trust that everything was going to be fine down there and it's really fucking mortifying because you know you definitely care about it more than your partner does if your partner ever like makes a huge fucking deal like, we're all adults here, okay? If your partner ever makes a ginormous deal about you having like a yeast infection or you didn't know, or you getting a period when you didn't know, like, that is not a fucking man, okay? We're all adults here. I have picked that man up from a pile of his own drunk ass vomit. If he can't handle a period or a yeast infection, that is just fucking wrong. <laughs> and he can, and he did. know it's still weird for them i get it i get it it's weird because you don't have one and you don't have these things coming out of your body but like if they're like ew gross or like make you feel bad about it that is not a man that you should be with or a partner especially if it's like a female oh my god if you're in a lesbian relationship and they have a vagina and they're like making you feel bad about having a vagina and having problems with your vagina send her my way i'm throwing fucking hands really send the men my way too But, like, I guess I get it a little bit more if you don't experience it and you're like, what the fuck is happening right now? But, again, like, I was so embarrassed about it. I was embarrassed to talk to Justin about it. I was embarrassed at my OBGYN. And it got to the point where I went to my OBGYN a couple times for the issue. I also had to switch my birth control. So we had switched to a new birth control. There were, like, a lot of factors that led to these, like, recurrent yeast infections. Um, You know, I was using detergent I was allergic to. I was wearing the wrong kind of underwear. Cotton underwear, guys. Cotton thongs. All on Amazon. Super easy. Aerie also has cotton thongs. Um, those, like, seamless polyester things are not your friend. Don't wear them. Opt for no underwear when you can. I really don't wear underwear much these days. Um, I do sometimes, but no under. I used to look at people who are, like, I used to think people were crazy for not wearing underwear, but I get it. Listen, if you have dealt with yeast infections, you will do whatever the fuck you need to do to get them to not come back, Okay like, you will do anything. I did not wear underwear. I will wash my vagina four times a day. I will take whatever supplement and probiotic I need to do. I will do anything, okay? Because I just don't want to deal with that. But it got to the point where I had gone to my OBGYN a few times. She was like, listen, we did all these things. You look fine. Like, she did a full exam, and she was like, everything looks fine. She was like, you are literally just freaking yourself out. You're very self-conscious about it. She was like, this seems more like almost like a mental thing at this point. And also yeast infections come back when you're really stressed out, guys. So, you know, it's kind of like when your period's late and you keep stressing out and then your period's later. It's just like a never-ending cycle. So my point is I was really embarrassed. I'm talking about this to you guys right now and I'm like, oh, there's probably people who think this is super gross. But like I was really embarrassed about it. I was embarrassed about having an issue, especially because my own mother has like never had one. I was like, the fuck? Like, is there something wrong with me? You know, like my mother's also a fucking alien. She literally doesn't need to wear deodorant because she doesn't sweat. she doesn't sweat and she doesn't smell. She shaves her legs like every like three months, like she just my mother's a fucking alien. I swear to God. <laughs> um but that also made me feel really weird. I was like, well, am I broken or something? like it just it was it was really weird. and they're so common, and most women will get definitely get one. If you haven't had one yet, it's probably coming. I'm sorry to tell you, unless you're my mother. um. But it just made me feel even weirder about it. Like, I was just like, shit, like, am I, what's wrong with me? And especially when you have something, like, in an intimate area, you feel dirty. There's just, like, all this, like, stigma and shame around it. So, anyway, I'm here to tell you guys that there shouldn't be any stigma and shame. And I'm here to tell you guys, cotton underwear or no underwear, um women's health probiotics, any like women's probiotic, but I have like the 50 billion Garden of Eden one plus the, you know, the good conditioned vitamin from Love Wellness, the Love Wellness pH balancing cleanser. Not Summer's Eve, do not douche ever. Ever. Ever 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 ever. 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 Do not ever 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 use douche kits ever. This is like more important than the pee after sex thing. Oh my god, don't use them. Don't use. Your vagina is not meant to smell like Irish Spring or waterfall or, you know, like passion fruit flower. No. No. Do not use it. You will fuck up your pH. Your vagina is like a pool, okay? You will fuck up your pH so badly that you will need to keep using different things to recorrect it. Do not ever use it. Do not ever use scented, colored products ever. The Love Wellness pH Balancing Cleanser is the only cleanser that I will support. It was developed by an OBGYN. It has no fragrances or harsh chemicals at all. It has a pH that's slightly acidic, which is actually good because that's your vagina's natural pH, is acidic. Also, side note on that, um, if your vagina bleaches your leggings, don't be alarmed. Apparently that happens to a lot of people. Heard that it's popular right now on TikTok to talk about Thought I might be the only one, but yeah, no, vaginas can bleach things. So again, if there are any men in your life who aren't like afraid of you yet, just let them know that your vagina has the power to bleach shit and you will use it. All right. So I have another two questions that are kind of interconnected. Um, One of them is really funny. So thank you to the friend that sent this in, but, um, Basically, the question was, like, how the fuck do I get the dog to leave the room so I can have sex? I don't think you guys understand. If you don't have a puppy, you don't get it. But, like, they don't want you to have sex. They, like, cry the whole time. (laughs) Like, they want attention. They don't want to be left out. Like, they expect to be, you know, cuddling with you. If you're in the bed, they want to be on the bed with you doing whatever you're doing. Obviously, they can't partake in that activity. Um, When Zeus was a puppy, we used to just, like, put him in his crate. But, honestly, he would cry, like, the whole time. Now we, like, just kind of try and sneak away from him. But he still cries sometimes and I'm just like, oh, my God. Like it's literally like having a kid that keeps interrupting you. I have no really good tips for this, honestly, because it's just like it's so fucking funny. Everyone I know, though, with a puppy who's been through this is like, oh, my God, why is the dog crying the entire time? I don't know if it's because they're left out or maybe because they feel like maybe you're being hurt or something. I really couldn't tell you. It's the funniest thing, though. Like they cry the whole time and I'm just like, well, this kind of puts a damper on the mood. But it is what it is. And then another friend asked about keeping things spicy in a long-term relationship. Um, I don't fucking know, dude. I I used to be a little fucking jalapeno and now I am white bread. Probably not. No, I'm selling myself short, okay? Like, I'm still sexy. But, like, just as far as, like, my experimentation and, like, how far I'm willing to go and how often I want to have sex, like... I have lost my sex drive the busier I've gotten. Not completely. I still, you know, sex with the right person is great no matter how long you've been together. That's the secret, honestly, to like keeping things like good is just finding somebody who knows your body and knows what you like. And keeping communication open is always important too. And you definitely need to have a partner who's okay with that. Like some nights I'm really fucking tired and like there have literally been times where Justin's like, you want to have sex? And I'm like, no. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. And it's not because of him. I'm so attracted to him. Um, Like, really, I am. I just, I'm still as attracted to him as I was when I was 17. 15, actually, when I had a crush on him. But I just, like, I'm fucking tired, bro. I gotta go to sleep. I don't want anything. I don't want to deal with fumble. I don't want to take my pants off. I don't want to have to do the whole get up and pee thing. Honestly, most of the time, if I do say no to sex, it's because I don't want to have to deal with the getting up and peeing after. Really. I mean, I am just so fucking lazy and tired. That is really what it is. Um, But... I guess, like, I don't know, maybe doing something you haven't done in a while or trying a new position is always fun. Um, Getting some cute lingerie is always fun for me, too. Like Fashion Nova has really cheap but really cute lingerie. So, like, I don't really recommend spending a shit ton of money at Intimissimi. I don't really like Victoria's Secret anymore, but, like, I don't recommend spending a shit ton of money on lingerie because unless you have, like, a bunch of disposable income, in which case do it. But for me, it's, like, I'd rather just kind of buy, like, some cheap lingerie because it comes off in five seconds anyway or at least part of it comes off and it's, like, whatever. Um, But that's always, like, interesting. Ordering new toys. You know, like I said, you guys are always making fun of me because I don't have any. But, like, that's definitely a way to, like, you know, keep things interesting is from what I've heard, especially if you're using toys with a partner. But, yeah, I mean, I think the best way to keep things, you know, like, sexy is just to be with somebody who understands what you – like and what you need from sex and like and you have to be like that with them too um you know if justin had never made me orgasm i've been with the man for almost six years i wouldn't have been with him for almost six years now i'll tell you that much so you need somebody who knows how to you know meet your needs and be open about it if they're not if they ask you hey like my is this right and it's not just say nope i'd prefer it if you did this instead or fucking grab their hand or whatever. <laughs> just adjust them. <laughs> Sometimes it's like fucking like driving a car or piloting a plane. You just got to make a few adjustments. You got to just like take it into your own hands. No pun intended. Just make some adjustments. Um, and don't be afraid to do that because men need help. If they're asking you for help, they're not doing it. It's not like a girl, okay? Okay. Like me asking him, like, do I look fat in this? If he ever says yes, it's a fucking trap. And that's just, he's like, he's sleeping on the lawn, not even the couch. He's sleeping on the grass. But like, you know, if a guy is like, hey, am I doing this right? Like, it's not an ego trap at all. It's just like a, holy crap, please help me. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I've learned that about men. If they're asking a question, they actually do want the answer. So if you're like having sex with a guy and he's like, hey, is this good? And it's not really that great for you. Please tell him the truth. Also, even if you don't stay with him, you're saving some girl a disappointing night in the future. You really are. Don't ever lie about an orgasm. Just don't. The guy will keep doing the shitty fucking thing he's doing. Like, the same shitty-ass behavior will extend to every woman he's ever with. And all of us will just be disappointed, sexually frustrated, and go home and have to deal with it ourselves. Like, just don't do it. Don't lie about orgasms. We're not doing Harry Met Sally, okay? We're just not doing it. Be honest. Even if, it, and if it felt good, but you still didn't orgasm, you can be honest about that too. Maybe he's like, hey, did you come? And you're like, no, but I still enjoyed it. Like, that's true too. I don't think men really understand that concept because it's like hard for most women to have an orgasm most of the time, If it, especially if it's like a five minute quickie, you can still enjoy it without having an orgasm. So I think that's important too, to communicate that. Like if they're like, hey, did you come? And you're like, no, but you know, I still liked it. And if it's a no, but it really wasn't good for me, then just say that too. But don't be mean about it. Maybe unless you really hate the guy and you never want to see him again, then that's another story just depends on how many feelings you're trying to preserve here. But my point is be honest, as is with all things. Just be honest. Be honest about it. And again, just like with the vaginal health, with the period, the yeast infection, like if there's a guy that really just can't handle that, like handle you being like, hey, these are my sexual preferences or this is what I need, I don't really think that that's the right man for you either. And you have to be open to, you know, receiving things too. If your partner wants to try something, even if it's a little out of your comfort zone, like if it's really out of your comfort zone, you do not have to feel pressured at all. But if it's something you're open to, but maybe just a little weirded out about, give it a try. If you hate it, you will never do it again. (laughs) Trust me. You will literally just be like, nope, never again. Never fucking again. And again, like I said, there should not be any pressure involved. Consensual sex should never have any pressure involved, especially with a long-term partner. You should not feel pressured to do anything. If you want to keep having sex the same exact way you've always done it for the next 40 years, you do it. It's all about communication and being honest and being comfortable because that's like what makes sex good. I also saw this thing the other day just like to, <laughs> just to share with you guys because it's so true. Um I saw this thing, I think it was on Twitter and it was like if you've never laughed during sex, you're having sex with the wrong person. It's so fucking true. Like you have to laugh at least one. Like, yes, sometimes you have your Fifty Shades of Grey, like, sexy, like, moments where it's like, oh, my God, this is a movie this is amazing. And then other times you have your, like, the dog is barking, the alarm is going off. You know, everything is happening at the wrong time. Like, your mom is calling on the phone. Your foot just got a cramp. You accidentally hit him in the eye with your ponytail. Like, there's just all these wrong things happening. You just have to fucking laugh about it. Like, if you've never laughed during sex, you're definitely having sex with the wrong person it's weird and it's gross and it's great and it's funny. So that's another thing. Like learn how to laugh at yourself. <laughs> learn how to laugh at yourself. I've had to like readjust before because my foot had such a bad cramp. And I literally started, I was like, Oh my God, ow, ow!" ow. he's like, what? what, 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 Like he thinks he's like hurting me. And I'm like, Oh my God, no, no, like I'm good. I just, and then I started laughing because it was just so fucking funny. Like it was just so awkward and unsexy. And if it was like the beginning of when we started dating, I would have been fucking mortified. But you know now that like you know and i don't even think we've been dating that long it was probably like a couple months in but you know he's my best friend i've always been comfortable with him and it's just so fucking funny like you have to be with somebody who you can laugh at when there's like awkward sex moments you're gonna bang your head on a headboard you're gonna get a foot cramp you're gonna accidentally like punch him in the face maybe possibly i don't know depending on what what you're doing but like there's gonna be some weird fucking there's gonna be some awkward moments and you have to just laugh about it because otherwise like and then you know it just it it just it's it is what it is. Like I said, it's weird and it's gross and it's fun and it's awesome. And sometimes it's not awesome. And it's just, it is what it is. But I definitely agree with that statement that if you've never laughed during sex, you're having sex with the wrong person. Okay. There's only like a few more things. We're almost at the end here. Um, So thanks for sticking with me. Somebody asked me to talk about children and the internet oh, that's a rough one. And I could go along. I could go on and on about that. Oh, my God. I'm so tired. I'm sorry, guys. I'm like stumbling over my words and everything. Um, I could go on about that. I think that, you know, if you listen to my previous episode with Paige, we actually went into this a little bit. Like when I was like a younger, you know, like a tween teenager, younger teen would have been great to have the access. Like I had YouTube and stuff, but like there were not these advanced tutorials. It was not what it is right now where you could just look and find like Glam makeup and exactly what products to use in under 30 seconds. Like, yeah, we read Cosmo Girl and there were some videos, but it wasn't like the the internet climate wasn't what it was. Even like 10 years ago, it just wasn't the same as what it is now. I think that it can be very helpful in teaching kids what, you know, anything, teaching them anything. But I think that that's a double edged sword. I think that you're going to have kids learning about things that we didn't learn about, like sex and like, you know, emotional um, issues and, and, you know, even like, like parental trauma and and abusive relationships, like there are kids now, there are 12 year olds who are so emotionally woke to put it. I have no other way to put it. It's, it's mind boggling. There are 12 year olds who know what gaslighting is. Thanks to like TikTok and like Instagram and YouTube. And thanks to like, I guess things like my podcast, even though I don't really want a 12 year old to hear this, there might be some who find it. Hey guys, how you doing? If you're listening to this, um, your parents might need to check your Spotify. But anyway, you know, I think it's a double-edged sword. I think that there's access to all this information about anything you want to learn. You want to learn how to build a bookcase from scratch, like from nothing. You want to learn how to do your makeup and you've never done it before. You want to learn what's the best, you know, hair tool that I could buy right now. Um, Or, you know, you want to learn about sex and you're too embarrassed to ask your parents or Maybe your partner is doing something and you're too young to kind of understand it's your first relationship. You don't know if it's like okay or not. You want to know about consent. You want to know about safe drug and drinking, safe drug and alcohol use, like anything, literally anything. You want to know how to change a tire and you don't have anybody who could tell you. But I think you also will get exposure. I think they also do get exposure to things that they can't, that they maybe shouldn't be seeing so young. So like I said, it's a double-edged sword. They have access to limitless information And they will be a little bit more educated on things that maybe it took us a little bit longer to learn. But I do think that they'll be exposed to certain things that maybe they shouldn't be seeing. It's difficult. I definitely agree that, you know, I don't think that young, young children should have their own social media. That's my personal belief. I think it's impossible to not give your child a cell phone at this point by the time they're like 10 or 11. I think because like everyone has one and that would just be like then they're the weird kid. Um, But I don't think they should have their own like social medias unless they're monitored by the parent. And my dad told me something. My father's a computer programmer if you didn't know that. And my dad told me something when I was very young. When I got my first phone it was like a flip phone. But even so like when I just even when I started using the computer my father told me the internet is forever. That is something that I have always held with me the internet really is forever. Forever. If somebody wants to find something that you posted 10 years ago, 12 years ago, if you're 12 years old now and somebody wants to find it when you're 30 going for a job interview, they will find it. The internet is forever. Um, I think it would be nice if we, you know, if we're going to give kids this massive internet privilege and prevalence and, you know, we're going to give them all this access, which I think is awesome. I think it would be really good to educate them more just on the consequences and the not fun side of the internet. I know, right? Ugh, everything that's fun always has a dark side. But I think that that would be really important. I think that's the best way to kind of handle things um, and the best way to kind of combat the dark side of this limitless information. So that's that's like what I would do. I also do appreciate, you know, websites like YouTube that have like parental controls and stuff like that. Like that's important. But you, we all know there's kids who are going to get around it. So I think the best thing to do is just to advise them like it's not always what it seems, especially for like body image and stuff like that. Like young boys looking at weightlifters, young girls looking at Instagram models. Like this is not what it is. So it's all about education, I think. Just like it is for us. We all have to remind ourselves. And young minds are even more impressionable than ours. So I think, like I said, it's a double-edged sword. There's good and bad to it. And I think it's really important if you do have young children in your life that are very heavily on the internet and on social media, just have that conversation with them. Have every conversation with them. You know, don't do this at home. Don't try everything you see. Don't believe everything you see. Not everything is what it seems type of thing. And I think that that's pretty much it. I just wanted to acknowledge that, um, again, if I missed anyone's questions, please DM me. Please remind me. I promise I'll get to it either here or in a reel or something. And then some people had also asked me about, like, restaurant reviews and, like, being a dog mom and dog products. I feel like that's probably better for a reel or a TikTok video just because I can show you guys what I'm talking about. Um, But I will get to that. I promise. I actually want to do, like, a local restaurant review kind of segment. And I think that that'll be really cool. But again, if you don't live near me, then I can also do restaurant reviews for places I've traveled to. But again, I feel like that's more of like a TikTok or Instagram reel type of thing. Like if you don't live near me or it isn't relevant to you, there's no point in me just kind of blabbering on about it right now. Um, Same thing with the dog mom stuff. My dog is my life. I love him. He's my child. He's my parents' grandchild. (laughs) He is their grand dog. Like he's my everything. I love him. He brightened my life the day we brought him home, even though he chewed up all of our shoes and a bunch of Justin's wires. And he was like, you know, he was a puppy and he was pain in the ass. And still, he can still be a huge pain in the ass, but I would literally die for him. I love him more than anything in the world. Um, I love being a dog mom. I you know, that's like the millennial term because we can't afford to have kids. I don't want a kid right now, but I definitely couldn't afford one. I could barely afford him, so you know but yeah i love being a dog mom. So again, those are some things i feel like i should probably discuss in reels or tiktok videos or something where i can actually show you what i'm talking about, but thank you guys so much for sticking with me through this episode. I am so overtired. I know you could probably hear it in the way i'm rambling and in my voice and everything, but i wanted to make sure that i got this episode recorded for you guys because i love you and i really appreciate your feedback and your support. So i'm here. I know y'all are here, so i'm fucking here. I'm showing up for you guys, okay? So Thank you so much for listening um, to my crazy ramblings for another week. I'll see you guys next week.